Welcome to Bloom, the podcast where mums share their unfiltered birth experiences. We hope that by listening to their stories, you feel empowered and inspired wherever you are on your own journey. Welcome to Bloom. Becoming a mum was all today's mum ever wanted, but she knew that getting pregnant would be difficult. So as soon as she got married and was financially stable, she and her partner started trying for a baby. Three years of doing pregnancy tests and ovulation tests, seeing a gynaecologist and having all the scans and blood tests imaginable, it was all getting to be too much. In the end, Curtie decided to see a specialist abroad who diagnosed and successfully treated endometriosis, enabling Curtie to fulfil her dream. Curtie, thank you for being here today and agreeing to share your experiences with us. It's wonderful to have you here and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's get into it. Uh, First question that we ask everyone, please, could you tell us your name, your age, where you're from, what you do in life, and please introduce your gorgeous family. My name's Curtie Budia. I'm based in London. Um, I'm 33 years old and I work in advertising, online advertising. Uh, My family consists of me, my husband, my three-year-old daughter and my three-month-old son. Wonderful. Thank you again for talking to us about your story and how your family has grown. So I guess let's start way back in the beginning. Did you always know you wanted to be a mother and when did you start thinking you want to try and have a baby um I've always loved kids like um, my sister had like kids my family we've got loads of family kids and we're just a, uh, like a family unit basically we like to spend weekends together do things together so I always wanted to have kids um and I think like at a young age like I had the worst periods and all sorts so I knew like it would be difficult or a struggle and um I I remember being when I was young actually um I think age 14 I had these really bad pains and like nobody knew what it was and it was happening consistently throughout the day and then mostly at night and I had to end up going to hospital and they were like are you pregnant are you pregnant like this is what the doctors and nurses would ask me Mm. and that's actually when I started thinking about kids Mm. uh, because it was the first time someone was asking me this question Mm. and I'm like no my dad was like it's okay you can tell us like if you Mm. you know if you're pregnant it's fine I was like dad I haven't done anything like I'm not pregnant I don't know what's going on I'm just in a lot of pain yeah and then after that stopped obviously like the doctors like investigated and stuff and nothing came off it but I did always wonder I was like you know I've got these doctors asking me if I at the age of 14 like am I pregnant or Mm. and that made me think about like wanting to have kids and then it just became a dream like I'm going to be a mum and I'm going to have one or two kids Mm. and you know start my life and they are going to be me like Mm. I just know it they're going to be me they're going to have my personality they're going to just be me Mm. um so I think yeah so I think from such a young age when I was asked those questions I I I thought about it otherwise what 14 year old thinks about wanting to have kids Mm, no one that is early Um, isn't it yeah and I had the worst period so it was it wasn't just then it was like constantly me going to the GP them asking me this question um um and then asking me if I did want to have kids in the future and then investigating to find out I had Mm. polycystic ovaries and so on but um 
again that didn't stop me to have that want to to definitely have my own family and start and maybe that brought it really front of mind for you then over that whole time definitely yeah because yeah you're right actually come come 18 I was still having really bad periods and still going to the GP to get these checks make sure like my cysts weren't like exploding or whatever yeah. and again those conversations happen with your GP yeah um so it was always on the forefront like I was yeah. forever thinking about it and did all of those tests reveal things for you and were you I mean that sounds horrible to have really bad period pains all the time and and aside from all of the extra like going to the doctors and everything like did did it help did they find out what was going on or was it still a bit of a mystery and you kind of had to accept I think being so young they were just like oh you're just being a teenager like suck it up like Mm. it's just menstrual pain Mm. um but um I love the just there like that is just yeah just menstrual pain and you can be in absolute agony yeah (laughs) but I, I think it was because um obviously I was quite young and I've been complaining about the same thing and every time they did a scan or a test, it was just like, yeah, you can see something on your ovaries, but let's not worry about it because you're not trying to conceive. Like that was the oh, answer. You're not, you're not trying yet. So let's not try and solve a problem when I there see. isn't one. Right. That's the vibe that I got. And then I think it was a year before I was getting married, uh, 2014, I went to the GP and um, I was like, look, you need to do something about it. I'm getting really bad pains. Um, I don't want to do birth control because I have like, I had this feeling that it's going to be difficult. If I go on to birth control, I might, might mess it up. Mm. So I didn't want to do any of that. Um, and then he actually said to me, um, the GP was really good. He was like, you do know you have policy six ovaries. And over the time he went back and looked at my scans, it's just getting worse and worse. Mm. And this is the first time someone had actually looked back at the history of all the scans and blood tests and everything that I was having and said to my face, like, conceiving is going to be difficult for you. Right. How did that feel? Uh, I cried. Yeah. Sorry. No, that must have been really hard to hear. And it was my friend's wedding that weekend. Mm. And um, me and her husband-to-be were going to go do wedding stuff. So I must have come back from the GP and he rang me and I just cried on the phone to him because Mm. it was like the first person I had spoken to. And, you know, we were were really good friends. So I kind of just let it out. And then I was absolutely fine mm. and then I told, told like my husband he was you know we had the plan like you know we'll just wait till we're stable and then we'll try mm. anyways sorry no don't apologize and then um we got married and you know um I think we started trying like a couple of months in a year in or so mm. and I just knew because of obviously all the, the tests and everything is going to take a while so I asked my GP to refer me to a gynecologist to have more of like an in-depth look yeah. but with with like um, it all takes time like to get referral it takes a couple of months or whatnot mm. we waited because obviously we were just trying um, I think two years in I got an opportunity to go and see the gynecologist but every appointment was like three months um, so you go for one appointment and then you have another and another. Yeah. And then I was talking to one of my cousins in India about like what we were going through. And he was like, I'll try this and requ- ask for this medication because he was going through a similar thing. Mm. So I did. When next time I saw my gynecologist, I was like, can I have this medication? Like, let me try. There was a pill that um, helps people to conceive, like you take it after your period or something. Mm. Um, so then they basically uh, gave it to me. Uh, and I did um, three months of trying with that. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, I had so many scans, so many blood tests. There was a week where I went into the hospital for an internal scan each day in the morning and then had to wow. go to work after. Oh, wow. Um, 
which was really intense. Yeah. And then once that kind of um, happened, they were like, yeah, oh, you've got a very, like, um, cyst on your ovaries, polycystic ovaries. I was like, tell me something I don't know. Like, you've been telling me the same thing over and over. But what is the reason that we're not conceiving? Like, obviously, my husband had to get tested. There was no reason that they could tell us at that point. Okay. and then um, we were waiting and then because these appointments were every three months, we had come to like three years and we hadn't gotten anywhere. I said to my husband, look, we're going to India. Let's just go and see this guy. Yeah. I don't, it's not, I don't trust the system anywhere I go, but um, it was like having to hand over my file to somebody. So I got everything mm. from the, my um, the gynecologist and I sent it on an email and I was like, here's my history. What do you think it is? They were like, okay, well, there's two things we can do. We can do a laparoscopy. Um, see what's going on inside take some blood tests whatnot and then um if something needs to be done we can do it then and there like while the laparoscopy is happening Mm. so I said fine let's go um the only thing is I had to go like on the first day of my period which I could never time because my periods weren't 28 days or what the basic cycle are they were like 40 um 45 whatever um so I had to like wing it and I said to my husband you know if I stress myself out, it's probably going to be even later anyway. Yeah, so let's just book a date. Things, yeah. yeah. So we booked a date. We flew out three weeks later um, and they just explained everything to me. Had a laparoscopy, did my blood test. Two days later, went in for a laparoscopy and then um, ended up that I had endometriosis. So it was like this. My husband was actually able to be in the um, in, in the treatment room and see everything internally they had a little camera and he was wow. able to watch it and he, and he wanted to yeah he, he likes things like that I know weird <laughs> and he was like it's a spite it was like a spider web like it was black and it was like a spider web and wow. they actually gave me the dvd to watch but I couldn't put myself through it to wow. actually watch it yeah and so they got rid of that and then they also made holes in my ovaries mm. so they did ovarian drilling what is that for just so that the sperm can catch because my tubes were clear they like put like a fluid through my tubes and they all it was all clear it just the sperm wasn't going in like catching the egg or whatever okay so then they um did that and we came home and then I fell pregnant the next month no yeah no so after three years in the UK doing all the things trying everything seeing everybody after a few days having treatment over in India you then fell pregnant the next month yep okay and it was it was funny because it was like you could wait and do it you know here but you just it just takes so long because they've got so many people to see it's like nobody's fault but it just that's what it is the lab laparoscopy 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 so was that something so that was what then diagnosed the endometriosis was that something that was available to you in the UK at all was that something that had been offered or that you would have been able to have had you got through all of that myriad of appointments and eventually got it was it purely timing it just would have taken way longer to get there yeah it was timing because then when I got back I had an appointment a few days before I knew I was pregnant and I went I I, um, went to see the consultant because I didn't want to cancel the appointment and he said that the next step is a few more tests and then further down the line we'll do a laparoscopy and have a look inside right so the laparoscopy is like two incisions on either side of your like where your ovaries are and a small incision and they go in with a camera look at everything right and then the end um to actually 
do the treatment they had to go through the belly button and like cut it all out but doing that on the NHS it would have been doing the laparoscopy seeing what's available and then booking another date in to actually do the the treatment so it would have been maybe another year or so before we got results hence why we just thought you know let's just let's just get on with it and it's probably the best thing we we could have done it sounds like it and thank goodness that you had that friend who could make you aware of that and that it was possible and so then month later you find out you're pregnant after three years of trying and go through all of this what happened that day and and what did it feel like so as I said I did all of these tests like um ovulation tests and pregnancy tests Mm. and it was like the time to do a test because you know I thought I would be um ovulating so I picked up um the ovulation well I thought it was an ovulation test I picked up an ovulation test early in the morning went straight to do my p-test um and then there was like a faint line and over the three years my ovulation test never showed me any faint line mm. so then I was like oh these must be out of date now because it's never shown me anything <laughs> okay. didn't think anything of it because it was like clockwork I did it every yeah. day for three years yeah I just chucked it in the bin didn't think anything of it and then I had friends around in the evening and she was like, how's it all going? And I was like, um, oh, I did a ovulation test, but it had um, a little line on it, meaning that, you know, I'll be ovulating. Um, and she, and then it clicks me. I was like, no, did I actually pick up an ovulation test or a pregnancy test? And I was like, oh, my God, shit. What and she's like, if... what? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I think I picked up a pregnancy test. She's like, Kurt, you have to go and do oh, one now. I was like, no, no, no. I'll wait till the morning and I'll do like a proper test, like a clear blue, mm-hmm. because they're expensive. Yeah, like yeah. three years of doing clear blue and stuff. We yeah. had to find a cheaper alternative. Yeah. Um, and um, so then the next day I did it in the morning and I was so shocked. Oh, my God. What did you do? I cried. Yeah. And then obviously we had friends around, so it was like a boozy um, night. I had stopped drinking, but it was a boozy night for my husband. Mm. Um, he was still sleeping, so then I kind of like cried. Um, I have a, ju- I wanted to start a journal, mm. um, like so I wrote in my journal quickly of mm. like you know how the morning went, and then I went and put the test next to my husband, so when he woke up, he would see it. Mm. He just ran into my into the room. He was like, "Oh my god, mm. is this a joke?" It must have been just the best feeling after all of that work all of that disappointment it really was and to think like you know you you, you want to be patient you want to like go with the system and whatnot but sometimes you just got to jump the gun and like you know do what's best for you and then the next wave of work starts being pregnant and going through nine months of transformation and change what what was that like for you my first pregnancy I flew through it mm. I was never sick oh wow I had no like like you couldn't tell I was pregnant besides the bump okay amazing yeah like I flew through it there was no issues a few, bit of like indigestion or gas build up like if I ate certain things um and then towards the end like the feet swell swelling up mm-hmm. but other than that I literally flew through it like oh, brilliant if when people can complain about their pregnancies I couldn't like with my first child I couldn't say anything yeah my second was a little bit different like I thought oh, yeah. I had COVID um so I was taking COVID tests rather than pregnancy tests to find <laughs> out <laughs> um because my body was just aching and I was like the last time I felt like this I was I had COVID so I did like five tests I think consecutively and then I was like I don't know what else it is um and then I was like 
maybe I should just do a period maybe like a, a, pregnancy, a test. pregnancy test and I did and I we were just both shocked and, it, and then I looked at the back of the pregnancy test and because I've had them for so long it was like a clear blue expired okay and this was like <laughs> this was like um, we just moved house and I was barely going out and still COVID was around so I ordered it off Amazon yeah and then it came that evening so then I did it in the following morning and it didn't work oh like it, it just was void like nothing oh, right. it the the electric one the one that says not pregnant or pregnant so then I had to order another one because I don't know why in my head I was like oh I'm not pregnant like I'm not in a rush to actually find out so I ordered another one just so so I could be sure and then that one actually said we're pregnant so with with your first pregnancy then did you have expectations about how you wanted the birth to be and how you wanted the birth to go before it happened or were you sort of open to seeing whatever happened on the day I think I was open like I knew I didn't want to have a c-section mm-hmm. um but again it's never in your hands so I think I was open to like um whatever needs to be done as long as I'm calm and my husband knows the plan because you have to have a plan mm-hmm. um that was it so I had someone to bounce off of it wasn't just my like my decision to make I had someone to like discuss it with so we like talked about it made sure that we both knew what was going on and then um kind of just made sure it happened but on the day nothing goes to plan like you know you pack your bag it's like plan music take magazines take this take that but actually on the day you don't want any of that like you just want it to happen and like be over and done with Mm. and what what did happen on the day like what what were your first signs of going into labor First time around, um, I accidentally broke my own waters by um, collecting cholesterol. Oh! So we were we were all big on breastfeeding. We went to all the classes, and they said, "Come thirty-seven weeks, I think it was, you can start collecting cholesterol, uh-huh. and then to stop when you can feel pelvic pain or anything." So we had done it like the night before, absolutely fine, froze the cholesterol. Then the next day, my husband's like, let's just fill this last syringe up. He would help me do it because I just found it gross. I don't know why. Mm. Uh, I just couldn't do it myself. So he helped me. And then he was like, oh, we've only got a little bit to go. Let's just like crack on, push on with it and do it. And I was like, no, I'm feeling the pain. We should stop. Mm. But I think I said it too late. Ah. So then that evening I was uh, sleeping and then I woke up to go to the toilet like normal. And I thought, why am I peeing like I used to? like you know before I was pregnant like just a normal pee it wasn't like a pregnancy pee yeah and then didn't think anything of it um just that I just felt really sounds gross but I felt moist yeah yeah went back into bed and I was like why is the bed cold Mm. my waters had already broken and I was sleeping and so it it hadn't woken you up because it had gone cold by that point okay wow yeah then I got up and I felt another gush and then it went onto the floor and that's when I was like oh I think my water's broke and then when I lifted the the duvet up I saw there was already a puddle on the bed wow so I woke my husband up and I was like I think we're in labor (laughs) wow okay so you think that was because of the colostrum yeah and there are studies that show that um if you do push it a little bit too far when you're harvesting that your waters can break so they say to like take it easy and so were you at 37 weeks or a little bit after when that happened Uh, I was at 37 37 okay so yeah yeah how did you feel then because were you ready for it to happen I guess. Were you ready to go into labour? I mean, my bags were packed. Um, I was uh, already on maternity leave. Like I stopped working. Um, I was mentally ready, I think. Yeah. Um, it was just like, you know, 
I didn't expect it to happen like how it did. I just, you know, you see it in the movies, it's a little bit more dramatic and yeah. this wasn't as dramatic as I thought it would be. Yeah. And then what happened from there? I rang the midwife and they were like, um, I rang the hospital and they were like, oh, if you're um, not having any contractions, then, you know, just don't worry about it. Um, so I didn't, but then I noticed blood in my waters. Mm. So they were like, just come in for a check um, where they do a sweep, obviously, to see how dilated I was and I think I was like three centimeters or something mm-hmm. so they were like oh um just go back home and come back you know when you start having actual contractions five minutes apart so I went home and then nothing no contractions mm. um no more water breakage nothing mm. for 24 hours right I just slept the whole day my husband didn't go to work because we thought it would happen any minute yeah um and then I rang the hospital like 7 p.m. the next day saying that, look, nothing's happened. Isn't it dangerous for like the baby to be inside for so long? They were like, yeah, definitely come in um, at midnight. Okay. So then we went in at midnight. and Why um, at midnight, by be... the way, did they say? I don't know. Was that because it was a certain amount of time or just when it was like quiet or something? Maybe it was a certain amount of time because it was at night that my waters did break at like 1 a.m. or something. Mm, so okay. possibly that was like the, the time. Um, so they had to induce me. Um, first time how did they do that um it was like a drip so they did that and every couple of hours they were giving me a sweep which is the worst what actually happens for a sweep for those who don't know what do they do and what does it feel like so it's like having a smear test but instead of a little um like cotton stick they actually put their fingers they put their fingers in and then they round it off to see how far they can push in and feel inside your cervix and you said it was horrible yeah I mean even doing anything like even doing scans internal scans I find them so it was uncomfortable um and then Obviously, I was having no pain or anything at this point. Mm. Um, so they induced me um, for about 12 hours, nothing. Like I was like living my life, just lying on a bed, talking to my husband on the phone or whatever. Mm. Um, and then um, they had to put the dose up because they have to slowly do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I then started to feel contractions and kept pushing. I pushed for about five hours. Um to the extent where the head came out but then that was it like the head would just keep bopping in and out in and out mm. and uh, Mahi's shoulder was like um blocking it from coming out there's a like technical term for it but I can't remember it right now mm. um so then they were like you need to go into theater and have a c-section and I was like no I don't want to have a c-section but um they were like if something happens you've been pushing for way too long you're going to get tired we need to like set you up for if you are after the, the actual uh, like contractions were happening I, ha- I had an epidural anyway so mm-hmm. it was like less pain they could do as many sweeps as they want to I wouldn't feel it mm. um but then um we were on our way to theater my midwives were amazing like I could not fault them at all they were so so sweet they were like I know you want to do this naturally I'm going to keep your hand on like because I couldn't feel the the contractions she was like I'm going to put your hand keep my hand on your tummy and I'll tell you when to push Mm. even to the extent where they were about to cut me she was like push and I did it (gasps) so they didn't have to cut me but you were on the point I was yeah I was on the table yeah Uh, It was actually funny. I was in theatre and uh, I was pushing and because there was like maybe like 15 people in the room and I was really high, obviously, on all these medications, the bed was moving, but nobody was listening to me because they were all getting ready to cut. Like there was like heads like, you know, looking at me Um, and I was like, the bed's moving and then still nobody's listening to me. But I'm like trying to find my husband while I'm on the bed 
lying flat and he's like there but like couldn't really get eye contact mm. and um then I literally just switched and I was like the fucking bed is moving and they all just stopped and they're like shit no one put the brakes on my god i was like so they could have cut me like someone could have leaned on the table and that would have like strolled away and then they <laughs> then they looked at my husband because the brakes pedal was there like near his foot they were like did you touch it he was oh, like why would i do that accusing him whoa. Um, which is hilarious whoa so so much happened so you were on the brink of a c-section after hours and hours of pushing they nearly had you rolling out of theater but you managed to push her out in the nick of time, basically. Yeah, I had, it was literally like, you know, the yellow solution, the disinfectant, they had that all on me. Wow. They were, they were really getting ready to do it. Um, first, they were going to actually try, they were, they were asking me to push to see if they could do anything. They were like, no, they were ready to put it down and like, you know, make, um, draw the incision of where they were going to cut. And um, yeah, and then I pushed and she, she came out. I mean, how are you feeling through all of that? That sounds quite chaotic. How were you feeling? And obviously then no one listening to you in that moment as well, kind of going, hello, I'm uh, yeah. here, the bed. You know, is anyone paying any attention right now? In a way, obviously I was frustrated that they weren't listening, but I was glad that the attention wasn't on me and it was for the child to be born. Like, you know, all these people were there to yeah. be ready for when my baby was here. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I had been pushing for 17 hours. Well, not pushing, but I was in labor for 17 hours since I was induced. Yeah. Um, and pushing for a good, like, five, six. I remember it being, like, um, five o'clock in the evening, uh, and I started pushing. Then it hit midnight. No, then it hit 10 o'clock, and I was like, I'm going to have my baby today. Like, I'm texting all my family. I'm going to have my baby today. Then it went over midnight, mm. and I was like, I still not have my baby, and I'm pushing for this long. Wow, how like, did you do that? How how physically, how mentally, like, how did you get through all of that? I don't know. I was. I just knew I had to be brave. I had to be strong, mm. and I was about to be a mum, so mm. I had to just fix up. If and that's not the right t- way to say it, but I just had to not be me, not be that emotional person because that's not going to get me anywhere right now. Right. And it, it just worked. And I had wow. my husband with me as well, who was so supportive. Um, and we just kind of cracked on with it. And I wasn't able to eat. So being like, you know, you don't eat at midnight, but mm. um, for more than like 20 hours, I hadn't eaten anything. Yeah. And uh, my husband quickly snuck me a Snickers because I was starving. <laughs> I love that. He snuck me a Snickers. <laughs> Good husbanding. Yeah, but when I was in theatre, because like on my last push, I threw up and the Snickers came out and then someone was like, who gave her that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was caught out. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was, it, yeah, it was so surreal, but I felt like, I don't know, I, I do this to myself all the time when I'm going through something really big. I just like put all my emotions behind me and kind of just do what needs to be done. Mm. Like, you know, to crack on to, for the better to, you know, see what's going to happen. Um, and I did that. So I had this yeah. numb feeling and um, I went on with it. And my husband was obviously shattered as well because we hadn't slept properly for like two days now. Mm. Um, so when he, uh, she was born, like I literally just said, look, she's here now. Um, you can go home. While I was still in theatre, I was like, just go home, get some sleep, because you're no good to me if you're going to be like this. Mm. So she was born on like three twenty. By three thirty, he was out of the door. 
<laughs> That's how tired he was. Oh, well, you must have been absolutely exhausted. What was it like holding your daughter for the first time and realizing I've done it? She's here. It wasn't like as like wow as I expected it to be mm. um purely because it was in theatre it was like too many people like yeah. um I actually we didn't know the sex of the baby when um oh. she was born so um when the baby's born everybody in the room has to say congrats so we were, like we were so busy saying thank you to these 15 people they I think they assumed we knew what we were having mm. so they've got this baby's butt to me mm. and they're like thank you congrats 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 and I'm like oh thank you thank you thank you so what did I have <laughs> And they're like, it's a girl. <laughs> Gosh, so there was a lot going on in that room. Yeah, so I had the baby at like uh, 3.20 or 3.19. And I think a minute later is when I found out the sex of the baby. When did you have a moment to really connect with her and like realise what had just happened? I think in recovery when there was no one else there. Because when they move you from theatre, they're like, oh, can you hold your baby um, so that we can move her? But I was like so numb everywhere because of all the epidural and the medication I couldn't actually feel her like mm, holding her yeah I felt scared so I was like can you just like put her on me I'll hold her as like put my hands there basically and then take her off me when we get to recovery yeah um so they did that and then they were like oh do you want to feed her I was like no I can't I can't feel my hands like I just can't feed her right now um so they kind of prompted her to kind of uh, be fed and then um, it was only when it wore, like the medication had worn off um, and I was able to kind of actually like put myself up on the bed. Mm. Um, I was like, can someone pass me my baby? I want to hold her. And it was just like me and her time. And, and, and you'd be surprised, like I would freak out with a brand new baby. Like my sisters had kids and I've been there for like after the birth. So I know how tiny and like delicate they are. But when it's your own, it's a different ball game. It's just like I knew what to do. I, I didn't second guess myself. Yeah, I didn't second second guess myself. I felt confident, like crying. I knew like bounce her, rock her. Mm -hmm. um, and I was on my own from when I gave birth, like 3.20 till maybe like one o'clock the afternoon. Mm, which is a long time with a new baby. And I was so surprised at how okay I was. Oh, that's amazing. You just went into super mum mode and then you just yeah, did it. That's amazing. Definitely. And I was in hospital for about five days after because uh, baby had jaundice and mm. my recovery was like I had teared. Um, so like the snitch stitches and all that, I had to just be careful. So I didn't sleep for like three days. And then oh, in wow. one time, one evening, my mum came and when you've got jaundice, you have to be under the blue light. Mm -hmm. But Mahi hated it like you had to hold her pin her down basically mm. so like my mum came one evening so books went home to sleep she basically just pinned the baby down and I slept on the bed mm. for like two hours and it was like the best two hours sleep mm. it was the only time like the baby was calm no crying but that's all I needed I just needed those two hours and then I was back at it again I could do whatever I was on top of the world only two hours but in that moment two hours is everything definitely and so you you did tear then how did recovery go after after the birth and how long did it take to kind of feel back to normal and it was it was a hard recovery um I had allergic reaction to the solution that the antiseptic solution that they used all over my body to when before they were going to cut me so I had a reaction to that all my skin was peeling off off. and then obviously the stitches themselves just doesn't feel right it was like um back to front kind of stitches so mm. like you know there's issues everywhere mm. um bowel movements were difficult for mm. like three months like a lot difficult for three months I mean you say difficult that must have been agony did you have did they give you decent medication and pain relief um yeah so the paracetamol was like the only pain relief but the laxatives and stuff mm -hmm. um 
but I ha- like hand on heart I think it took me two years to fully recover mm. to like to feel like I was normal again no pain and like not having to worry about bowel movements opening mm-hmm. um think about what I was eating mm-hmm. that that's it it did take two years it's a long time to recover and and when did you feel ready to think about doing it all again it was actually at that two years point where I was like to my husband now I feel like a little bit normal down there Uh, you know I'm able to go um for a number two and and feel comfortable and not be Mm -hmm. there for ages or like worry about a tear or a bleeding or anything like that um so I was like you know what's your take on a second child we never really had that conversation Mm -hmm. and I was like I don't want Mahi to be an only child um like I want her to like have siblings to play with so that's similar to her age and we had this conversation I was actually pregnant at the time we were having that conversation but obviously I didn't know and then he was like okay yeah well we can we'll try like you know we'll start trying so I didn't even like start on like all the vitamins and the yeah. medication that I had taken for like the part the, the three years we were trying I had so many like pills to take every day to try and get like folic acid my iron levels up and be healthy mm. I did none of that because I was wasn't taking anything and we had conceived so I was pregnant when we decided to have another child yeah you were already pregnant wonderful that that you wanted it therefore definitely so what was this pregnancy like you had more symptoms this time than the first time definitely um so like I said I thought I had COVID um like my body was aching and then I think three months in obviously I knew I was pregnant um I had morning sickness really bad I had to get medication from the doctor to stop throwing up um like I would throw up and quickly eat because I know that I'm not going to throw up for another hour and Mm. I can get something down me and it was like carbs galore because that was the only thing that felt right Mm. toast potato you know anything I could quickly do in like 10 minutes and that kind of helped um and then the sickness kind of went off but I was like I would make a meal and be really excited about it and then when it came to dinner time didn't want to touch my plate it just put me off so it was a lot different and I couldn't wait like I with Mahi it was like you know I'm pregnant yeah let's tick along um but with this like I just couldn't wait for it to be over because Mm. I just felt so tired and with Mahi I lived with my in-laws so I had like everyone around me here as at home so I was able to just like be lazy and like lie down all day and and I don't like that I'm quite an active person and I had Mm. a toddler this time so Mm. I wanted to do more with her but I couldn't so a whole Mm. year went by we just moved into our own house I couldn't do much with her other than play in the garden because I didn't have any energy to do anything else how was managing work at the same time I'm thankful for COVID in the way that it made working from home flexible Mm. like a lot of companies don't mine was okay I used to work from home at least twice a week or once I think um so when I went back to work it was COVID I hadn't gone to the office no one was at the office it was all Mm. from home um my um my I live with um my in-laws and like an elderly grandparent so we had to be careful about like the whole COVID situation Mm. so nursery again we were like we don't want to um her bringing home things as well so we had to be careful but at the same time we didn't want her stop her stop her education Mm. so she used to go nursery three days a week and then two days a week my mother-in-law would look after her Mm -hmm. but I was working from home in the kitchen and she could see me all the time so it was really hard to get like decent work done Mm. when she could see me and wanted to play with me Mm. but my manager was amazing like um as long as the work gets done like there were no complaints so Mm. I would like log on maybe a little bit later when she's gone to sleep and kind of finish things off so work-wise it was okay it felt weird like getting into work again but 
at the same time I kind of just like got on with it and um it became a norm after it probably took me about three months to settle back in but um it did feel like you know the first day back at school kind of tummy (laughs) tummy um feeling yeah so I did have that but um it had to be done I couldn't afford to be a um a a mum a full-time mum like I wanted to crack on with my career so yeah what were your expectations of going into labor and birth this time having already done it once did you prepare for it at all uh, or differently I think because the recovery took around two years first time around I actually did want to have a c-section this time mm. um, I went and saw consultants for like three sessions and every time I went I changed my mind I was like natural no c-section no natural mm. and then um one of the docs one of the consultants who was really sweet he was like you've already like um got issues from like all the stitches and stuff what if this time round, while you're you know giving birth those stitches tear and you have you get to repair them but repair them the right way this time you ah. know fix what's not right basically. oh I see because was part of the problem that you'd been badly stitched up yeah so it too it was too tight therefore my my body needed to learn you know how to reuse those parts and um and I was like he's got a valid point because if that happens then you know I get to solve my problem mm. even though it you know it had been fixed but it's, it could be a problem in the future okay so then I was like okay fine you know what and another thing was I've um you know why make another scar on on my body when mm. you know I've already got a few so I was like fine let's go for natural made the decision and obviously I, I know the benefits of having an epidural so I was like hit me as soon as I got there I'm ready. <laughs> yeah I was not gonna have a sweep without it so yeah so we did that um but I feel like you like you can read books and books about what a pregnancy procedure is going to be like but you just don't know until you're in that moment mm. what's going to happen there's like a hypnobirth and all of that I really wanted to do that first time round. Mm. um I even read into it but you know what, when you're there, you just do you. And if you do that and don't think about like the book that you read or, you know, what Mm -hmm. auntie told you, you will be absolutely fine. You just got to trust your gut. Mm -hmm. And this time around when I had my labor, it was uh, my uh, my waters didn't break, but I was having contractions. So I went into hospital because they were five minutes apart. They got me a bed and my contractions stopped. Oh, nothing. And we don't know what happened. So then they had to put me on the drip again to be induced. Okay, so they they'd been what consistently happening at home. As soon as you got there, it stopped. Yeah, I mean, I I was there in like triage, and it was still happening. And then I got my bed and then it stopped. It's like it's new. The baby knew. Um, But I had them consistently for 12 hours. I was using an app and it was like time to pack your bag and go to hospital kind of and I was like, cool, I rang them saying on my way. Um, and then they stopped. So then I was like, oh, God, I'm going to have to be induced. I could just knew it. They started the in, um, the process to induce me. And then um, I got an infection all of a sudden. Like my temperature went up. It was a really hot room. It was 25 degrees. My husband was sweating. The midwife was sweating. And I was freezing. I was mm. shivering. I asked for extra blankets. So they were like, right, we're going to have to stop because you've got an infection. So then they gave me antibiotics, but the antibiotics made Mayan's heart rate speed up. Mm. So then they had to stop it and then leave me for an hour and then restart it. But the same thing happened. So it was like going back and forth. Mm. And then it had been about um, 15, no, 14 hours and the nurses were about to clock off for the day. 
and they were like right uh, maybe we should book you in for a c-section and I was like no because obviously I'd gone through the whole like thinking and I yeah. didn't want to change my mind yeah. um but I was like it is what it is if the baby's heart rate is being affected the baby is in um is panicking then we should just do what we need to do so I signed all the paperwork you know they make you do all of that um got ready and then um they were about to take me to theater and I was like just give me one more hour like I know I can do this mm. and the shift changes at 8 p.m here in in our hospitals so the next doctor came and they come um and like introduce themselves at like eight o'clock when you know all the new doctors are together mm. and they were like why haven't you started pushing and I was like well no one's told me to mm. like because I wasn't getting any contractions mm. but they were like put the dose higher your contractions will start and you try pushing within nine minutes I had given birth no it was literally the difference of like two doctors professional opinions the dosage of the in like the medicine they use to induce you um has to be put up and um every time they put it up the baby's heart rate was going but instead of like putting it up high and then just making the decision to quickly put me in, like have a C-section, they, yeah, that they, they didn't do that. So this, this doctor was like, I just don't know why you haven't pushed already. Wow. Okay. And then he arrived. Yeah. And like my husband, it was funny because we've obviously been in the room for like 14 hours now. He was like, I'm just going to go get a drink. And I was like, no, they just told me to push. And then he walks out. He's like, oh, we've done this before. She's going to be pushing for hours. And he just goes to get a drink. No! <laughs> And I was like obviously pushing, so I I wouldn't I didn't even stop him. I don't know why what was going through my head. I was like, cool, see you later, like it was normal. And I started pushing, and the nurse was like, oh, I can see the tip of the head. I was like, crap, he's not here. So I'm pushing, but I'm not pushing because she's telling me to push. But yeah, and I don't want him to miss out. And then he comes back with his Lucasaid because that's what he had. That was so important. He had to go get. And he's like. (laughs) he's like oh shit and he runs to the table <laughs> to hold my hand <laughs> I'm just rolling my eyes at him so it's only your baby's arrival into the world no sweat it and like I literally made it just on time and I think like two minutes in and the baby was out wow okay that just shows the difference a, a, a difference of opinion makes mm-hmm and I think it's definitely trust your gut because sometimes you're like, the doctor knows best, but you know, you know your body yeah. and you should just t- not like, don't take that for granted. You know, you, you know what works. May- maybe the first time you're pregnant and you're like oblivious to all the terms that they're using, mm. but sometimes it's just, you know, um, like I felt like they just had to make a tick to be like, yeah, this lady's had her baby like let's pass her on mm. I felt like that when it came to like seven thirty, eight o'clock mm. and when the new doctors came obviously they were fresh and mm. they didn't have to like tick me off their rota um but they were like they looked at all the information and it was a different uh, opinion mm. well good for you for asking for that extra hour otherwise you would have been in for a c-section right definitely wow. definitely and the fact that it was so quick like yeah. I would have had such a hard recovery um, yeah. If I went for a C-section, I think, well, that's what I've been told compared to how it was naturally. It could have been so different so easily. And what was um, recovery like, especially with the tear? Did did it work out how you hoped that in that you kind of it happened again and you were able to fix the mistakes of the last time almost? This time around, I had a one centimeter tear compared to like the big tear that I had. Like, I think it was like 10 centimeters or something okay, before. Yeah. 
and it wasn't the same tear okay. or it was like just a bit of the same tear and so she was able to like uh, stitch me up in my recovery like in my um room yeah um I didn't have to go into theater or anything because normally with really bad tears you do yeah um so I was really surprised with the recovery this time because the damage wasn't as bad and I don't know if like you know I stretched myself out enough that um it didn't need to tear and recovery wise like my um I was up the next day making cupcakes for my kid's birthday no the next day my kid's birthday well not the next day but like four days later amazing my uh, both my kids birthdays are four days apart and because I went into labor really late I didn't order the cake for nursery so I had to make cupcakes that's like the, the mother night of a toddler right there it never stops <laughs> so much better than the last time yeah I honestly I don't think I needed that it took me like three weeks of bed rest before and like two years of full-on recovery and I feel like I'm back to myself mm, so quickly so quickly so people like you hear these horrible stories of like you know scary recovery and that's why lots of people just opt for a c-section but you you do you like trust your body now you are mum of two beautiful babes what is it like being a mum of two and how how do you juggle how do you find time for yourself what does a normal day look like to paint us a picture of what life with both of them is like it's hectic but I feel like it it as long as you're organized, it works. So my husband is um, like just sorts out my eldest daughter, like drops her off to nursery or whatever needs to be done. And then I just carry on in the mornings with my little one, if it's a feed or putting him to sleep or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I go down, I go downstairs and I get on with my day like that. I don't need to worry about my eldest because mm-hmm. I know my husband's going to kind of sort her out but that's because he's working from home and you know it works the days he goes into work it's a little bit more stressful but it's just communicating organizing planning I have my parents that help out if I need to like jump on a call or like go somewhere they can always like come in and just look after the little one but I think like people who don't do it without any help I just don't know how you do it Mm. honestly I rate you like you just need that break and I feel like this time around it's all about me now because I don't plan to have any more kids mm-hmm. like this is it for me I need to focus on me my health mm-hmm. my recovery so I've done like gone to like reflexology and had like osteopath appointments to make sure like I'm going back to my 100% because I didn't do any of that first time around because it was COVID and because like it took me ages to recover yeah. so now I just want to do what's right so that I can be the best version of me mm-hmm. for my children amazing and my family happy mum happy babes and do you plan to go back to work where's your head at with all of that I think I'll take a year because it's only fair like I don't I I don't want to do anything different or like um deprive a child of like time with me um because I feel like that's special that's a special bond sometimes Mm. I'm like they're putting him to sleep and just staring at him thinking oh my god like I can't believe I made you Mm. um so I want to still enjoy that time. I want to, when summer comes, I want to go out to the park and do walks and go to the baby sensory classes. So I definitely will be taking a year, uh, but I will be going back to work because I feel like the separation is also healthy. Mm. Like sending a kid to nursery or childminder, like you need that separation for your own mental health and just so that the kid can learn yeah. Um to kind of grow without you as well but financially obviously that is another like thing to worry about like can you afford to put two children in childcare? they're only three years apart 
Um, so that is something we'll have to think about when we get to it. But I have another nine months to go before I even make a decision. Cross that bridge when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking us through your story. We have a few quick fire questions to end on. What is the most unexpected or strange pregnancy side effect or symptom that you had? Can I make this into a, like a craving? Sure. Yeah. Um, ice? Like, I would sit there and just eat ice. Really? (laughs) Yeah, like ice pop, ice cream, but mostly just ice, like a whole flask full of, like, maybe a shot of water and ice. Mm, Nice. Why not? I don't know what it was. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. What uh, could you not have done without during labor? Sounds really cheesy, but my husband. Mm. Because you, like, I could vent, throw stuff at him, swear, whatever I wanted, (laughs) but know that he was still going to be there. Yeah. Whereas you couldn't really do that to the midwife and he would, he was just blaming the drugs anyways, but definitely my husband, he was so supportive mm. and he just said all the right things at the right time. Mm, amazing. Uh, what is your best tip or trick that you've learnt through becoming a parent? What's a, what's a baby hack? Um, I've probably learnt this just recently uh, and it's because I have a boy now, but always point it down when you're changing mm. a nappy. <laughs> I did not know this for like the first two months. And I was like, why is his nappy wet? Why is he leaked? I just changed him mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> Very important. That's a good one. Really <laughs> um, And finally, what is your funniest moment so far as a mum or as parents? I mean, my, my um, Mayan at the moment, he struggles with burping. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like forever bouncing up and down and like trying to get it, get it out of him. And sometime recently we both were like in sync at burping (laughs) wait what do you mean like so I was like bouncing him patting him and obviously me bouncing and him bouncing (laughs) at the same time the bubbles just rose to the top and we both burped together at the same time I love it that's how strong your bond is (laughs) yes definitely (laughs) amazing Katie thank you so much and I said those were the final questions but this is the actual final question is there is there anything that we've not talked about that feels important or anything that you'd like to share that that we've not managed to talk about there's a million things to talk about obviously Mm. with with all these topics but is there anything else that you'd like to tell us um I think for both my pregnancies there was one thing that I had and it was um what's the technical term it was dequerian dequerian tenso tentonitis or something it basically Mm. meant the veins on my arms were like blocked or swollen Mm. so there was a time where before pregnancy I had to wear like a wristband kind of thing to stop my fingers from moving like my thumb every time I moved it it hurt um and so I just wore this thing and they said once you had the baby it will just phase out and it didn't it got to the extent where I was breastfeeding and I couldn't hold my baby like it was that painful and I had to I saw an osteopath because I thought it was like a tennis shoulder type of thing um I went to the GP did physiotherapy and I then went to a herbal guy which I'm not a big believer in but mm. I am now and he used like these herbs and like massaged my hand down and the pain just went and again this pregnancy I had the same thing uh, the pain came back I'd have to wear like a wristband and it's because like the muscles from my neck or something the way I sit it was just just 
basically pain through my hands but yeah that was the worst thing and it was a pregnancy thing at first but now it's something that continues because I've had mine now it's been three months and I'm still getting similar symptoms so like the aftercare is something you definitely need to think about if there is something that you know was affecting you throughout your pregnancy make sure it's fully resolved and that's one thing that I have to concentrate on because I've had it for both pregnancies now and I don't plan on having any more kids but your hand is your hand you need it I'm right-handed so I need to get that looked at well and and is the herbal guy helping you out this time and is it is it helping or have you not seen he's stopped practicing oh no he stopped practicing so now I'm like having to think about other avenues or look for something similar because a normal massage just doesn't fix it it like this guy he, he fixed it and it didn't happen for like another three years until I had my next baby Thank you so much for for sharing all of this with us today, Curti, and um, all the best to you and your beautiful family. Thank you so much, Amelia. That's the end of this episode. Take care and see you next time.